You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 48. Now, my lovely Quiet Rebel, this is another coaching style episode on the podcast where I take a brave soul who has raised their hand and said yes to step up to the plate as a coachee, somebody who wants to share what's on their heart and mind that's kind of stopping them from moving forward. And so today's brave soul is the one and only Christina Torres. And in this episode, we focus a lot on pivoting her topics of influence so that she can pitch podcasts effectively. Now, this episode, because it's in my area of expertise of podcast pitching, you may see I'm a bit more directive than the other two podcast episodes on the coaching, these last two. So episode 47 and 46 with Michelle and Barbara. And so I just want to give you a heads up. Like if you're thinking, Megan, you know, you're kind of being a little bit like straightforward. And yeah, that's because it's, it's on podcast pitching and you know how much I love talking about it and just being able to help people to kind of clearly see the unique value that they can provide on a podcast podcast interview as a guest expert. So that's what we're talking about today, how her pivot from being a part-time copywriter to being an OBM. So an OBM is an online business manager, just so you know. So now she works with creatives and entrepreneurs and copywriters to really set up the right systems in their business and so much more so they can thrive not just survive, in their business. And so in this coaching episode, we speak about her pivot and how she can kind of like encapsulate her unique value and how to kind of communicate that effectively through a pitch. So we do a a couple of live pitching catches, as I like to call them, where we literally like bounce ideas like off each other on what we can do. And luckily, we actually found a light bulb moment at the first time when we do our first pitch and catch. So I would love to take you along for the journey for this conversation, just in case you have pivoted yourself and you're not quite sure how to communicate your value, whether it's the podcast pitch or not. You know, maybe you're just pivoting and not quite sure what to say. Or if you're somebody who's looking to guest on more podcasts and you're not quite sure how to position yourself. So if either of those two kind of fit the bill for you where you're at right now, I'd love for you to join us for this conversation. And so, let's get into it. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing. There's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I am your host, Meikei Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hello, my dear Quiet Rebels. I am so excited to be back for our third coaching episode ever on The Quiet Rebels podcast. And I'm joined by someone who went from being a part-time copywriter to a full-time OBM. So what OBM stands for, just in case you're unaware, is online business manager. So she went from part-time copywriter to full-time OBM for copywriters and creatives. So please join me in welcoming Christina Torres. So hey, Christina. Hey, Mike. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm so excited to have you here as well. So, Christina, we go way back because your podcast was the first one I've ever been interviewed on. So, like, you've held a very special place in my heart. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) It's it's been really awesome. It's been been awesome to see your growth. Like, she went from being, this is her first podcast episode to, like, literally having almost hundreds of podcast episodes of her own. (laughs) It's just, it's happened, and it's happened really quickly. So, kudos to you. 
Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. And so speaking of growth, so it's been awesome. Like we've been in touch, you know, because we're in the same copywriter communities. But I didn't know until today that you've actually transitioned from copywriting to OBM work or being a CEO or CMO, which you'll tell us a bit more about. And so I'm curious, what inspired you to show up today on this coaching episode? Part of that conundrum is also like positioning myself for pitches and coming up with topics that kind of get me. Like you said, a lot of people don't know what a CMO or a COO is. Maybe they do if they live if they've been in corporate spaces or they worked at a startup. That's something that makes sense. And so kind of bridging that gap for people in podcasts and also coming up with topics that are not as like boring. I don't know how I don't know how exciting systems and like data and testing and like I don't know how exciting that is for people I know how exciting that is for like copywriters I know how exciting that is might be for freelancers um but I don't know how exciting that is for creatives right and so when I'm pitching myself for these podcasts I kind of have like these very templated topics and some of them still live in copy space and I still want to talk about copy it's actually really important for what I do especially when I'm helping people like with their end customer experience emails, some of maybe some of the user experience copy that is living in places. Like I have to put on my copy hat to think about those things. But now that I've made this pivot, kind of keeping the topics I had to easier and relevant, but also making them exciting and fresh for each podcast pitch that I do. And then just figuring out if it's not really the topics, it's just maybe consistency, right? Like if I'm only reaching out to like, five podcasts a month and like man nobody responded to me and like okay Christina maybe <laughs> you're doing five maybe you should be doing 20 and then the number game right so I guess I'm, I'm trying to bridge that gap is there like a gap in like the topic stuff or there's just a gap in consistency and how much I would be doing it right something you can easily tell my clients like you need to be pitching all the time but like for me who's balancing a bunch of clients and then trying to build a team podcasting seems like the farthest thing from my mind. And it's like, oh, did we do those two this week? No? Okay, never mind. And so I, I think I'm losing not only what you call momentum, but I'm also like losing faith in the topics I'm picking. So, right. okay. Yeah. So um, just to clarify, so these are podcast pitches and you want to be able to put yourself out there more for this new pivot that you've made into um, OVM mm-hmm. work or CEO, CMO, depending on who you're speaking to. Because um, I confess to you, Christina, like in the green room that I was like, oh, I know what CMO and CEO, I know what they stand for. But because as someone who's never been in the corporate space, like I don't know what they do, but I do know what an OVM does. Mm-hmm. And I think it really depends on the kind of podcasters that you're reaching out to on which terms are going to really, really resonate with them. So could you kind of give us an idea of what is your goal for being on podcasts for your business? So my goal right now definitely is to build my email list. Definitely. So that's part of that. I actually have to create the email structure stuff, but that's a whole nother story. But I do have a welcome sequence. I do have a lot of stuff. So building an email list, um, Again, that's something I haven't like really had time to do consistently. And I know for me, guest posting just isn't it. Someone who writes literally what feels like 36 hours a day, and I know there's not even that much time, like guest posting really does not light me up. I'd like the time to kind of interact and have something like this podcast. The other goal is just to get people to understand, like you said, like what it really is, right? I think why I haven't embraced the whole OBM title is because people are very confused about what the difference is between a virtual assistant 
mm-hmm. and an OBM. An OBM is kind of someone who's like, these are the projects we're starting. I'm kind of like the second, I'm like the second you, right? Mm-hmm. You only want to speak to one person about what projects are coming down the pipeline, what the priorities are, what our marketing is going to be. You only want to tell one person. When you're growing and you're a solopreneur, you're a creative and you've got a team, you're literally sending this email to that person and this email to that person, conveying that things are kind of being siloed, that you don't have that support. And so what an OBM does is kind of is more of a person who's not doing the nitty gritty. Maybe I'm helping with some content management. Maybe I'm doing that, but I'm kind of creating the roadmap for that. And then whatever human resource or automation that we have in our place, we give it to them as opposed to a VA who's maybe doing all the things. OBMs are a little bit more specialized, a little bit more niched. And if they don't know how to do it themselves, they're obviously going to outsource that part. So there's that part. So that's kind of why I've been leaning away from what an OBM is. It's such a new thing that people don't know exactly what the difference is between a VA and an OBM. And some VAs are operating at an OBM capacity and still positioning themselves as a VA. Mm. And some and some OBMs are doing the opposite flip. So it's like most creatives have started in corporate or at least are working with people in corporate. So like if you're writing for a startup, you're most likely speaking to a managing director or a marketing director who is below a CMO, Mm -hmm. right? And so you know that like that's the person who probably signs my checks (laughs) (laughs) Um, and has told the marketing director, these are our plans. These are the people we need. Go find the people. Or this is what I want to get done this is up to you, that marketing director to do. If you're a creative or a solopreneur, you don't really have that line of command. And so then you're, what a CMO would be outside of that is kind of wearing all those hats if need be. When things get hairy or budgets and results can allot for those things, then we start building teams. It's very intense, I'll be honest. But it's something that I actually really love doing. I actually really love telling people what to do, May Kay. It is like my favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, I know you do. I, I could just see you light up like <laughs> here yeah. and there. It's my favorite thing to shake people up and be like, we need to do this. And then when it's done and they see how awesome it is and how quickly think, how quick you can get results by just having another person mm. be your mini you is just, and someone who's obviously really invested in what you're doing and really invested in the success. So I kind of am like your little baby C-suite, right? And so I can do some of that marketing officer stuff and I can do some of those operations um, stuff and kind of just like bridging that gap and marrying them because I don't think they're very different, right? If your operations probably suck, then your marketing is probably going to suck. And if your marketing really sucks, then operations... At the end of the day, it's just to get your clients so excited with you that they're willing to pay whatever the sun and the moon and you're now on to just creating and ideating and I'm the one who's just pushing the projects through and then giving you some breathing space hopefully to go on vacation that seems to be a big win and whenever I say vacation they're like what's that I'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) we'll add that as a goal then (laughs) yeah that could be a goal I think those are exciting things but I don't know like how to make them exciting for podcasts. Other people, like, yeah. Right away, I just think like, oh, I'm going to have to go down some boring business podcast. <laughs> and that's not my personality, right? Like I'm happy to talk about those things, but I just don't think I have a lot in common with what would make sense. So I guess, yes, crafting topics 
that can get me on those places that I know my audience is listening to that may not necessarily be OBM or like system. I don't even know if they're systems podcasts. And if there they are, are I wonder yeah. how exciting they could be. But again, I don't know if the people, people are probably listening to, I don't know, the fun ones, even if they're listening to business ones. So I guess positioning those types of topics that are maybe not as sexy and make them a little bit more fun and less cookie cutter. That was a lot. I'm so sorry I threw that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I know when to interject and, and I know when to sit back. And so back to the original question, which is like the goal, right? Um, so you want to yeah. email list. So let me ask you, what are you offering for people to join your email list? And how is that a natural call to action after an episode that you would do on a, uh, you know, as a guest expert on someone else's podcast? I'm actually working on now, I'm creating something I've had to build out of this fun new crisis for it. Before I was just doing like retainers. Um, and I think right now with uncertainty, someone committing to like three months or six yeah. months of work is like something they can't wrap up their head around. Mm-hmm. So out of necessity, I've been doing like roadmap sessions and doing like VIP half days. So I'm actually thinking um, my next opt-in is going to be kind of like a roadmap checklist. And so like things you should maybe be doing daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly, and yearly. It's something that someone can follow if they're like a team of one or a small team. Like there's also ways for you to like figure out like what you can be delegating. And there is even, I think in the quarterly, like you would like figure out what like the stuff that lights you up and then the stuff that doesn't, it's time to let them go because there's a lot of things we may be holding on to because we've done it for so long that we're like, I actually really hate this part, but I don't want to give it up. (laughs) Or you don't know that you hate it, but you know that like, it's really important to the process, but it's a huge time suck. And so I was thinking that was, that was going to be my opt-in. Nothing too intense, just a checklist, something you can like throw on your calendar and be like, today is the day I'm supposed to be doing this. And so some of those things, some of those things that have been coming up in those calls that people want, they can kind of start doing them now and then figure out what's working. And then that's when I would come in and optimize that piece or they would decide if I'm the person who is going to do that. So let me ask you, has someone actually said that your work is boring or is that just your own speculation of your work? (laughs) I think that's my own speculation of my work. I get really excited about it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So why do you think think it's boring? I think they get excited about the results. I don't think they ever get excited about like, Oh, thanks for the Fasana board, Christina. I don't think they oh, I, ever get about that. I get excited about Asana and Dubsado and all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I have a love-hate relationship with Dubsado, but I'm turning <laughs> I'm turning the corner. I'm really turning the corner on Dubsado. I'm like, all right, all right, and see what you can do here. And so yeah, I don't know why I think it's so boring for them. I think I think it's so boring for them because the first thing that is like when we talk about these things is that they're explicitly the things that people don't want to do. So I just like assume that like no one wants to hear about that because they're like, no, I, here are the things I definitely don't want to do anymore. And you're like, okay, I'll do them or we'll delegate them or we'll figure out whether whether they need to even be done. Maybe sometimes you get used to doing something and maybe it doesn't even have value anymore for where you are now. And maybe it did when you first started, but now this part of your process doesn't make sense for where you're growing. And so that, I don't know. I just feel like because people say I don't want to do these things anymore, <laughs> you're talking about those things. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, people don't like that. And then data. Data is something I really want to teach people to leverage a little bit more, especially like in the creative phase. 
sometimes like creative and woo mm-hmm. goes together. And what happens is that we start to make business decisions based on woo. Mm-hmm. And what we need to really make business decisions on are like project profit analysis and not necessarily like what feels good. So I'm teaching, I, I would love to like educate people like how to bridge that gap. You should charge what feels good. I don't think you should like not, mm-hmm. but you have to think about it in this, like the holistic scope of things. And yeah. sometimes the data can get you to move those woo mindset shifts. Mm-hmm. Like, I know like charging your customer $3,000 makes you feel good and like you're not overcharging them, but it's going to cost us $3,000 to do this project. So we have to charge $6,000 for you to feel good, for you not to feel burnt out, for you to have some self-care, to even get creative and for you to give them results. And when you say that, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Where more than if I just said, we need to charge $6,000. Yeah. Like, you need the context. I don't like that. You need the context. Need context. Involved. And so it sounds like I think where you may be stuck is that you're focusing a lot on the process that it takes to get people where they want to go, but people don't want to know the process until they hear the benefit first. So I think you need to lead with the benefit. It's the classic, give them what they want, sell them what they need. They may not know that they need certain systems. They may not know that they need to look at the project analysis when they're charging something, but you know that. So give them what they want, which is being able to charge higher fees, but still feel good about it. And I don't know, being able to free up more time by delegating and having a certain system in place by having an Asana board. They don't know they need all of that yet. So you need to lead with the benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to your, your topics, like for a good pitch. So, um, again, like just share one topic with me and let's try and take out maybe your own projection of it being boring. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's see how we can change something right here and now. So what is one topic you would love to educate the audience about who is your ideal target market? Who's going to be listening mm-hmm. to certain podcast? So one was definitely like what we just talked about bridging the gap between data and woo. And I'm actually pitching more towards my audience is let's be real actually right at this point. Even my clients, they're just they're predominantly women. We maybe had like one male lead. And he was like, I'm not ready to let go. Like, All right, well, then I'll see you later. <laughs> you let me know. Uh, but I think that's something I definitely, that's a topic. Maybe I'm like bridging it too harshly. But like I said, like for female entrepreneurs and creatives, it's all about trying like being feeling and like being in someone's wallet. Like my having business coach is always telling me, like, get out of their wallet. You're their wallet is none of your business. You're you serving them as your business. And if you want that, then they'll pay for it. If not, you need to know about it. So bridging that with data. And the woo, the data is a topic that I've been pitching, which make concise enough for someone to get with it. And then why and like and of course like why it's important. Why it's important to to bridge that and how you can. So that's one of the t- it includes that there's some money stuff. I just don't know how to like yeah, make it the same. It, it sounds money. <laughs> it's very much like money mindset. Um, what you just said about yeah. the, merging the data and the woo together. And yeah. um, I think how you can bridge that together for, so for example, if you are calling yourself an OBM and that's how you're introducing yourself in these pitches, then you can talk about like one of the first things that you focus on in the business to ensure that's actually profitable and that your clients are not just charging by feeling and what feels good, but the fact that you actually look at their backend systems and you can kind of see like what's coming in, what's going out. 
and then the topic to actually, you know, bring this to light to those who may not be able to relate straight away is actually bridging together the data and the woo and how like these are two components that work well together, but how one of them is almost always missing for female entrepreneurs when mm-hmm. they charge their prices. Like that's a way how you can bridge it together. Okay. Yeah. I mean, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I did it in one sentence. <laughs> well, I actually do this for a living, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. You did it in like eight words. Um, okay. I yeah, know that makes sense. The next one, of, of course, is like building. What I've seen is people have the most resistance to is building a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could, you know, most of the times because people have been burned with contractors mm-hmm. or, or they think they've been burned with contractors. And really it's just, they just haven't like found their management style. And they're not really expressing a lot of their expectations. They're not giving like routine feedback. And so when things don't work out, what happens is that someone just either just is like, I'm just going to end this contract. That person ends up never knowing why, like why this happened, what, what just happened. Um, and then you kind of in the cycle of kind of the same hiring mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of those things are probably A, you may not need that person or B, um, you don't have the SOPs or the standard of procedures to even really expect those, that person to be doing those things. So something along that and then maybe like the top three hires you should probably make immediately um, and probably get off your plate. And some of that stuff speaks to that data, those data points. Mm-hmm. So maybe getting a bookkeeper and or CPA is like the number one you should have off the bat. So if you're not fantastic with money, you have someone who can be like, these are what these numbers say. I think even that before an OEM, right? Because I can't really see that. Then, So I guess hiring and building a team is another topic I'm considering making that. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's interesting. I know it, it is. is. Interesting. Like, I know it's I'm interesting. I'm already. I mean, I'm already wondering what are these three people you need to hire? <laughs> right, right. I mean, the three people you need to hire? I mean, the way that I help my students and my clients do this is literally when it comes, I want you to think of the overarching topic as a tree trunk and then the subtopics are the branches, they're the supplements. So the core topic could be about, you know, hiring the right people. And so to reinforce why that is so important, you highlight the biggest mistakes that people make when they are hiring contractors, which often lead to a burn, right? And then so the biggest Mm -hmm. mistake and then the standard operating procedures um, to have in place or the systems you can just say um, are the systems you need to have in place in order to ensure that you have the right people on board and here are the three people that you need. So that's a natural flow that mm-hmm. actually reinforces the entire point about hiring the right team in order to, for you to step into your zone of genius, as they say, you know, so that yeah. is how I kind of see it. I think of like the overarching thing and how are my topics supplementing this conversation and what is the logical flow that needs to happen first. So before you even think about hiring three of the right people, I may be thinking that, Ooh, I'm not quite sure if I want that, but until you tell me what the mistakes are, and what I need to have in place in order to make sure I'm not wasting my time or money, then I'll be open to understanding who are the three people I need to hire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to, so I call it your pitch suite. So it's kind of like the three core topics you want to be known for and that all connect to your lead magnets that you're offering and your services you're providing Mm -hmm. to think about how it all connects like that. So think of what you want to be known for, 
how you are distinguished like from other OPMs or CMOs and COOs. Like just think of like how you're a little bit different. I think your energy is like a big part of it, to be honest, because you mentioned, oh, I don't want to be boring podcast. I want to be on a really fun podcast. And there are fun systems podcasts, I promise you. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, just think of the end goal and think of like reverse engineering the process. So it's kind of like, okay, your end goal is list building. So you want to create this roadmap is one of the best things people can do to get started. So in order for them to want mm-hmm. that, they need to see why it's important to have systems, like which systems, because there's a lot of systems to have, right? And then mm-hmm. that can work backwards into your topics of influence that you want to be known for in your area of expertise. So that is how you need to think of it, like a logical mapping backwards. <laughs> um, and yeah. hopefully, now that we've actually like pitched in, I like to call this a pitch and catch, when you've shared with me what some of your topics are, how you can actually reposition them and tweak them slightly so they can seem exciting. And so for you, they don't seem as boring. <laughs> and they're not boring. They are interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. just kind of uh, lead with the benefit. If, if you ever say think to yourself, oh my God, this sounds so boring then just ask yourself, how am I going to make this fun for other people to listen to? Just think of the benefits, think of the results of those benefits and how that's going to change their life for the better. And I think that can help you like take yourself out of the mindset that your topics may be perceived as boring, mainly by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. All right. No, that makes sense. All right. So we've covered like quite a lot today and I'm quite excited to kind of hear like maybe there are some like other podcasters who are listening to this right now and actually might want to have you on as a guest. So on that note, what is one or one to three action steps you can take today so that you can get on more podcasts like that and to talk about the things you genuinely love? You like telling people what to do. You like shaking them up on the things they have to get done in order for their business to thrive, Mm -hmm. especially during these times, right? So what are the yeah. one to three things you can do after this episode today? And let us hold you accountable, us quiet rebels, right? So we can connect with you and right. see how you're getting on. So what will those be? Definitely. As soon as you said, like, those larger topics, like, I know for today I'm going to make those three trees and then branch out the little topics yeah. out of there. And then it won't be such a chore to keep thinking of, like, innovative topics. Because I'm pretty sure what's happening is that I'm trying to jam as much in one topic as possible and I can just talk about like these are mini topics and this pull and play them as opposed to like all the things I can talk about we're like girl not right now that <laughs> seems like a lot to pick apart so that's really helpful and then I have all these topics and I have to like worry about creating a wheel these are three things I'm known for and I talk about and these are their little subtopics yeah so I'm on it that's definitely what I'm going to do and then I need to now go back and look. It could just be like a fit issue, right? Like people are just like, that's not what we talk about on our podcast, even though you seem really entertaining, um, which is fine. I mean, some people like that value too. Going back and then seeing like maybe these things are really a good fit and maybe I'm just not that excited to pitch those people, right? Maybe that's the other issue. So now taking those top back topics and then like, putting them side by side for the podcast research I did and then making them either, does this make sense? Like, does this bring value to their audience? Yeah. And if it doesn't, then that's one less podcast I need to worry about mm. pitching and then just yeah. like crossing it off and like optimizing my podcast research list. That's great. And um, I'd recommend because you said that there's so many things that you can talk about, right? So just keep them under three good core umbrellas or core tree trunks, if you will. And the thing is, you don't have to use the same branches for every single podcast because you're right. You do need to personalize them accordingly. So maybe 
you know, one podcast, it does want to focus a lot more on mindset, but not so much on the systems, you know? So just like keep your tree trunks broad enough for your core topics, but still specific to the things you still want to be known for. And just mm-hmm. amend what you do, like the kind of bullet points you put in for the things you want to talk about in an interview. And you can definitely make it work for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, then of course, pitching, right? Yes, of course, pitch. Yes, of course, pitch please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get on podcast, you don't pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, so I'm not sure if we said this in the green room or when we actually hit live, but you mentioned about spending five podcast pitches a month and it is possible to guest on shows, but of course you do want to put it in your favor. So I'd, I'd recommend at least 15 a month. So it's kind of like three okay. pitches a day for a week. And then done. And this is your VA who will be doing this, right? So yeah. once you get your topics and you're really confident in what you're talking about and the matches you're making, then you can definitely make that happen for sure. Got it. Yeah. All right. This is great. So Christina. I'm going to steal all this stuff we talked about for our client, my clients too. Because <laughs> that's everyone wants to get on podcasts. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Let's get it together first. That's so now I'm like, my make Kate told me we have to build trees and trunks. <laughs> And <laughs> branches. Yeah, she said it. I was there. It makes sense now. Yeah, okay. Oh no, you can't go <laughs> it now. This is a public episode. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's a whole new trees. episode. Build trees, please. Um, and okay. um, so I have three final questions for you, Christina. So yeah. number one, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Because maybe they might be interested in your OBM work or just want to hold you accountable for being on these podcasts. So where can they go to find you? If you're a TCC mole like me and Maykay, then you can find me in all the TCC underground, uh, 20 IRL 2020, 2019, all the TCCs on Facebook. Um, my website is www.runandtellthat.co. Actually, my dream job was in the title the whole time and I didn't even notice it. So, <laughs> so funny. Um, realized that the other day. And then if you follow me on Instagram, it's actually my personal and my open book and they kind of meld together. So if you want to follow me on Instagram and leave me a DM and ask me, Christina, did you build the tree in the trunk and the, and the, and the leaves? <laughs> did you build, did you, did you plant the tree? It's at Chris Toronessa. So C-H-R-I-S-T-O-R-R-N-E-S-A. There is a lot of Christina Torres's out there. So I had to mumble jumble my yeah, name. Yeah, Don't worry. Um, I will pop all of the links in the show notes. So it's going to be easier for um, us quiet rebels to. Yes. Because uh, that's probably a little bit complicated. I thought my name was difficult, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Goodness. Perfect. Um, so yeah. Okay. Right, we got you there. And um, by the way, for those of you who don't know, TCC, it stands for the Copywriter Club. And that's, um, you know, we both love Robin Kira, who leads the Copywriter Club. And it's their online Facebook communities and membership mastermind, all the things. So that's how we actually met for the first time, which is great. And um, so that's my first question. The second question is, what makes you a quiet rebel? Because um, I was intrigued when I received your um, application for a coaching call and I um, didn't know that you were a listener up until that point. So what makes you a quiet rebel? Yeah. Like, why are you one of us? <laughs> well, clearly, because I'm quietly stalking your podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. I think as extroverts get a bad rap. I'm actually very quiet. Mm. I think I'm actually really quiet. I only really speak when I need to. And actually things like this 
after I talk to you, I probably will not won't talk to anybody. <laughs> Given you're a lot of I'm an introverted extrovert, uh, okay. introverted extrovert, right? And certain people I feel really comfortable being extroverted around, and there's a gap on. So I think, I think you do. I'm more like a, a rebel quiet than a quiet rebel. <laughs> that that in itself is why you're a quiet rebel because like you were right? the name, <laughs> you, you will make it your own. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just gonna flip the script on it. Yeah, you flip the script on it. So there are quiet rebels out there, and then there are you know rebels who are quiet. So <laughs> it, 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 it have it, it's possible. It's possible. Yes. And keep doing it. Keep it up. I love your podcast. I love your podcast. You have such good tips. Even as an extrovert, your podcast on like what to do at conferences mm-hmm. took so much pressure off of me. Right, because especially as an extrovert, I felt like I need to I need to talk to all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, no, there's like four people that if I left here talking to, my heart would be full and I, there'd, all the pressure would be off and I can go have fun and not treat this networking thing as a homework. Your podcast even helped the extroverts out there who are like, oh, oh gosh, networking. So good to hear. I just don't think I'm a good small talk person. I'm more like a... <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> real direct extrovert. And so networking things are just like, oh God, I have to pretend that I'm interested in the weather and things. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah love that was really helpful thank you so you're a rebel that's quiet okay that's a quiet rebel (laughs) and finally um since you are a listener of the quiet rebels podcast you probably know what this um what the next part is but when my audience hears this sound it means it's time for a fact of the day so just because it's a coaching session you are still a guest on the show which means it's time for a fact of the day so what is one weird fact or a fun story or a fun fact about whatever you want to call it that not many people actually know about you. So they can't find it out on your website or your social media. What's one thing that only us quiet rebels can know about you, Christina? Funny enough, I was like, as I was thinking about more topics and to make things more fun and kind of like my career, actually I'm doing a podcast later tonight. And I was like, how can I make this, this fun, my weird career roller coaster? And so I actually totally forgot I used to work at this novelty pharmacy store in the village, the West Village in New York City. And I used to be a, I was a makeup counter girl. I used to do makeup, Mike. I used oh to do God. all the jobs. <laughs> Every job that's honestly service facing, I've probably done and has <laughs> definitely pours into everything I do now. But it was in the middle of the West Village, lots of celebrities. So I've actually sold Adriana Lima a flat iron. Oh, girl. <laughs> Yeah, she came in from her, her from her limo. She has really curly, um, very wavy, curly Brazilian hair, and it's super humid in New York City. She literally like ran out her limo, came in, and she's like, "Can you help me find a? Can you help me find a flat iron?" No one in the store knew who she was, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, my god so the Victoria's Secret angel, and she needs a flat iron." <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that was like one of my fun stories, even though it was like a job that dollars and 25 cents an hour. I felt like, girl, I hang out with celebrities. <laughs> um, Michael Kors came during Halloween wow. with, could have been his boyfriend. I don't know. He was really hot. <laughs> came and they went and got for Halloween and was they were having the time of their lives bringing out Halloween costumes. So I was just like, what fun that I've done. Elbows with Michael Kors and Adriana Lima, and I can see like pseudo clients. 
All I did was uh, sell them some makeup, some it counts. Flash. It counts. I totally it counts, right? Yeah. I broke Michael Kors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And it was so funny. No one knew who they were. And I was like, I guess it was before TMZ. But I was just like, well, what, what do you mean? You don't know who these people are. Anyway, um, so yeah. So my, my stint as a makeup girl for very few, I don't I think I quit like three months. <laughs> I wasn't there long. <laughs> I met who I needed to meet. So that's a fun fact. Is, I saw Adriana Lima, a hot iron, and Michael Kors and his really hot doctor boyfriend at the time. <laughs> or, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe he doesn't want people to know. Anyway, his ex-boyfriend, whatever. <laughs> Who knows? His friend. Really cool NASA makeup for Halloween. Oh, that's so cool. I don't think we've had um, anyone come on to the show to share a fact about that. I met... Um, oh, God, what's her name? Emily Blunt. I met Emily Blunt on my first day when I worked at a sushi restaurant in High Street Kensington in London. So that was mm. my first day. So that's great. And now my cousin actually owns a uh, sushi restaurant, like a like a Michelin star level kind of sushi restaurant. And he has people Whoa. like David Beckham, like Portion Becks and Ed Sheeran and basically like big celebs coming to his restaurant. So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love great. that. New York City, there's celebrities everywhere. Mm. Kind of like don't even have time to get excited sometimes. Because <laughs> oh, a, they, a, they clearly don't want to be talked to. They're like, please don't talk to me. And we do a pretty good job of that in New York City. Like, we don't care. We have things to do. <laughs> I served Usher one time. Ooh, wow. I used to work at this very, it was Asian fusion. Like it was just like all the Asian foods in one place. It used to be called Spice Market. And it was also which is where all the stars like stay when they go to New York City um, yeah. because it's very exclusive. Like regular people, you have to make a certain amount of money. It's almost like a member. And you go from the hotel into the restaurant without having to go outside. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time we, we served Usher. And I was like, everyone was super excited. I was just like, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Usher's great and everything, but let, let me just like get back home. Yeah, I hope he eats fast and goes. Like, <laughs> hurry it up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You've had your fair yeah. share of um, experiences with celebrities. So that's awesome. Thank you for name dropping a couple as well. And Christina, it's yeah. been amazing to have you on to the Quiet Rebels podcast. So thank you so much for joining me for a episode of Ask MK. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And there we have it. Who would have known that at the beginning of this conversation that Christina has served a, was it a Victoria's? No, it's not Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret Angel. Um, Ariana Lima, she said, right? Ariana Lima, Michael Kors, and Asha. Like, she's actually met them in real life in New York. So that's amazing. So it's crazy to know kind of like how far we've come and the other kind of jobs that we've held. So I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation, not just for her fun facts, but also kind of like how she realizes that what her work is, is not boring. It's literally how she's kind of forced her own projection onto it and it's kind of like colored how she sees her own work so i love that christina has managed to kind of come out of it and has like preventative measures and questions in place so she doesn't go back there because i for one when i first heard the things that she talked about like the marriage between the woo and the data like how to bring that together for pricing effectively for profit and with purpose then that really caught my attention so that's just one live example of what happens here it's just like you know just the act of talking out loud to somebody can really help provide you with some clarity. 
So I really hope that you enjoyed these coaching style episodes, my lovely. If this is your first one, I would invite you to listen in on the episode number 46 with Michelle Newell and 47 with Barbara Jorgensen, because these are all slightly different um, kind of episodes where we speak about their unique like place. But what I found is that what all of them have in common is about being able to encapsulate one's value, especially in a time like this where it's really important to be able to communicate what you do in order to keep going, keep yourself afloat in your business and to keep thriving. And so I really hope that you enjoyed these episodes, my lovely. And if you did, please do screenshot this episode and tag Christina and I. I'll pop her Instagram handle in the show notes so that way you can like check out, um, you know, where to connect with her and how to tag her. Because here's the thing. Christina's is the last episode so far um, for this coaching style of episode. And I need to know if it's something that you want to keep, like you want me to keep going with. Because if I hear from you, Quiet Rebels, that there's something that you still want to continue doing, then I can open up the doors again for applications to come through to potentially give you a chance to come onto the podcast to have your own coaching session. So if you are interested in that, please do drop me a DM and share the episode while you're at it. And I'd love to hear from you. After all, this podcast is made for you, right? So I need to know what you are thinking and what's going to be the most valuable for you. So tell me, is it valuable for you to kind of be the fly on the wall or the dragon on the wall, as I like to call it? You don't have to be a fly (laughs) on the wall, tuning into these episodes to kind of like, kind of envision yourself in the same shoes as these lovely ladies who have raised their hand for these coaching episodes. Is it helpful for you to kind of implement their insights that they gain through these calls and to kind of like have your own questions answered that you haven't yet asked yet so that's the whole idea behind these coaching episodes they're a three-way win it's a win for them because they get the clarity it's a win for you because you get to kind of like eavesdrop on our conversation and to imply uh, apply the insight that you gain yourself and of course it is a win for me because it's another way that I can connect with you directly and to be able to help you along the way so Your feedback is so, so crucial. So if you are interested in keeping these coaching sessions running, I'd love it if you can send me a DM on Instagram at maikeetang, M-A-I dot, no, M-A-I-K-E-E-T-S-A-N-G. So that is me. So thank you so much for tuning in up until this point. I really hope you know how much I appreciate you. So thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. To continue hearing from me, if you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the podcast so that way you don't miss out a single episode and some bonus episodes because I've got some more ideas brewing and let's just say we can do a mini version of these coaching episodes, kind of like a Q&A. We can send in a voice message and I can answer a question as a mini bonus episode. So if you are interested in that, you can only know about these kind of updates on the podcast as a subscriber. So if you want to stay on the journey with us through our own quiet rebellions, I invite you to subscribe and I wish you all the best to take care. So bye for now, my lovely.